Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Yeah, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 27. New intro just dropped. You betcha. Wee-oo, wee-oo. New that, intro. That was fucking sweet. You got fucking Boyd Epley sitting there talking about how there's five <laughs> weights. They come in pairs, but there's five <laughs> weights. Five dumbbells. <laughs> and then we got Johnny the Jet Rogers. Like, what are you going to do? Leave and go to another podcast? <laughs> that was fucking sweet. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good intro. And did you you put that one together, didn't you? No, that was uh, Kyle V Productions. Yes, sir. KB. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to run with that intro. I think that's a pretty smooth intro. Um, and another thing, guys, and yeah, I'm kind of riffing on air. We're live. Every time we have a guest, we always like tease it. But whenever we post an episode, we say who it is on the title. Yeah. So okay. we don't need to tease that. Any- we don't need to go, oh, we have a special guest. Guess who it is? We're not doing that anymore. Um, first Nebraska ball guest of all time on the No Block No Rock podcast, Lance Jeter. Um, you know, noteworthy. Um, I think for him, I would just like to point out because I didn't get to point it out in the actual episode. He is one of three Big 12 players of all time, besides Jamal Tinsley, who played for Iowa State and in the NBA. And Kirk Heinrich played for KU and also in the NBA. He is one of three players to average over five assists and five rebounds per game in conference play. I think that's pretty cool. That's badass. Especially for a Nebraska player. Like we know how brutal Nebraska ball's been over the over the years. So I think that's a pretty noteworthy stat to point out with this guy. For sure. And his accolades that we talk about in the episode it, it, while he's playing overseas is incredible. Yeah. I mean he he is like world famous when it comes to basketball overseas, professional baller. Like he had a, a long career playing basketball and he was just an absolute great interview. But before we get to it, mm. boys, yeah, we are at the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room per usual. Per usual. But everybody who follows our social media pages saw this amazing video made by Kyle View Productions of dropping the new no block, no rock beer called No, no Bach, no, no Rock. And I will tell you what, that shit is so good. It's good. All four of us have our glasses full right now of No Block, No Rock. NBNR beer has a sick-ass tap handle that's a microphone. I mean... You come in and it's 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 hitting you in the face when you walk in the door, well, basically. Yeah, and it just... When you walk in and see that, that microphone, especially me, like I'm thinking about it and I'm like... Holy shit. Like from where we started to where we've came now, none of this would be possible without the the listeners that we've had that have followed us since day one and the ones that have came aboard uh, since we started. And it's just been awesome. And and to enjoy this great beer that I'm having with the boys, it is just awesome. Yeah. And of course, a big shout out to Nebraska Brewing Company and Connor, who you guys hear on the episode, uh, you know, now pretty regularly, you know, he, he got it done for us and it's delicious. Connor. Since since you are on the podcast yep. and and you're the NBC hookup, 108th and Harrison and Levis in Nebraska, by the way, come to their tap room. How would you describe this no Bach, no rock beer to our listeners? 
So it, it's a traditional style Bach beer. It's nice and caramel notes, as we've noted. Um, amber color, very smooth drinking. And it, I, even Kyle, again, we note like almost every single episode that Kyle is a, a novice beer drinker, a novice craft beer drinker, but is getting into the fold. Uh, even he's drinking it. Yeah. It, is, it is very approachable. It's not going to be too high up there. It's about like 6.8%. So you can have a few of them. But I, I think it is one of those really approachable styles and it, it fits really well. Yeah, Absolutely. for the guys that are like, I don't do the dark stuff. And then the guys are like, I only do the dark stuff. Like, this is like a perfect <laughs> middle. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it really is like a perfect beer. Yeah. So we just want to reiterate, guys, please come to the tap room. Get that beer. We need while a lot. While it lasts. We, it's limited time. So please, guys, while they still have kegs available, please come get it. We need as many to sell as possible. We want to keep this thing not limited as much as we can possibly control. So now that we've gone through the business. Let's get to the Lance Jeter episode. Uh, let's kick it off. Let's do it. Lance Jeter, former Nebraska basketball player, third team all big 12 when you played your senior year. We want to thank you for coming on the No Block No Rock podcast. Man, thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you. All right. And you're coming from us uh, from Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. Yes, um, sir. You obviously grew up there, Beaver Falls. Yep. And and one thing, you know, doing a little bit of research on you, I learned something interesting. You actually went to the University of Cincinnati initially yes. to play football as a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I did. I went there right out of high school, scholarship, football. I thought NFL was the, the dream, the goal. Mm -hmm. and in the process of doing that, I was uh, – I was after football practice, I would go practice with the basketball team. I would go practice with the basketball team right after football practice. I was going to play both sports at Cincinnati. And then I was just missing basketball so much. And when it was time, I decided, like, I got to switch sports. I got to go. So that's when I decided to transfer and uh, went down Florida, down Polk, coach for Janet for like two years down Florida, Winter Haven, Florida. And that's when uh, Coach Docs, she came to see me, saw me and uh, picked me up. Coach Doc. Yeah, my guy. My guy. A fan favorite, for sure. Yeah, this is where I'm going to direct Mike. Uh, Mike's a big uh, Doc guy. So I like I'm gonna Doc. Have you, I'm going to have you get into Doc a little bit. Okay, all right. Well, so Doc's a fun guy, you know. Uh, I, can you tell the listeners what it was like playing for Doc Sadler? Was he a character back then, like he was, like he is now? He's definitely a character. Coach Doc is definitely a character. He's uh, obviously he's a, he's he's a hard hard nosed coach, very tough. But it's more than basketball with Coach Doc. It's it's until this day, like right now, like me, like I left school early, didn't finish school. And through this process, I always told myself that obviously I want to get done playing professionally. I wanted to finish my degree and get it. And Coach Doc has been there every step of the way, pushing, pushing that, championing that to make sure I finish. And that's what we're in the process of doing now is finish either, I don't know, coming there or doing online classes there to finish up. And he's just always been there step of the way. He's just one of those coaches that you just you have to love because he gives it he he puts his heart on his sleeve and he gives love and you just got to give it back and he's definitely one of my favorite coaches I've got a chance to play with and it's just more than basketball with coach doc 
and I'm truly grateful for them. So do you have any, do you have any fun Doc Sadler stories? Is there anything that comes to mind that you can, that just viv- you vividly remember? Well, it was, uh, we, the season hasn't started yet. It was going into my senior year. And I'm a, I'm a, I was probably, I was probably the, the biggest and strongest point guard. It was out of me and Sharon Collins. So, but I come in the workouts and I think, I think it was a test, not just, not for me, because I think I was kind of ready. It was like kind of my team going in my senior year, but it was for the other guys to like, there's no, nobody's off limits. So when we come in this morning workout, it's got to be like maybe five or six in the morning. And he just laid it on me. Like just words, just, I'm talking about just any word in the book. Like, ah, you can't, you're, you biggest me, you're, you almost biggest me. Like, and my feelings were like so hurt. I'm like, like I'm th- I thought you, I was your guy. Like, what did I do? Like, <laughs> what did I do wrong? Like, but I think it was like more towards just the, for, the other players, like, because he knew I could, I could take it. Like, Knox, he was on me. Like, yeah, I had a lot of tough, tough coaches, like, throughout my high school, college, before I got there. So, and I think Co- Coach Doc knew that. So, he just laid it on me, like, kicked me out of practice, all that. Like, <laughs> and it was just, like, it almost, like, it opened my eyes, like, damn, Doc, like, did I, like, who the hell pissed at your cereal this morning? Like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> and, but, like, right after that, like, came, like, got, went to his office and just act like nothing happened. And that kind of, and that's why I went and knew, like, it wasn't really me. It was just to wake the other players up and get them going. And I was just, uh, I was the guinea pig for that day, but I just felt <laughs> the insults that he was just giving me. And I'm like, Coach Doc, like, well, you're like, you're mean to me today. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> but it, like, like I said, right after that, it was just like, nothing happened. How's school going? How's your mom? Like, I love you. Like, so it was easy for God about like right after. But that was my story about Coach Doc. Well, I think probably looking back on that, you know, you're a little bit older. You're probably like, well, he, he did that to me specifically because he probably expected more out of me or like, is that kind of the perspective that you have on it now? Like he, he, oh, won, he knew, he knew you could do more. I mean, that's what I had there too. Like right after I kind of knew, cause like it's, it wasn't a lot of stuff that I, I did bad, like going in my senior year. Like I was like that focus on having a good year for us. So a, a lot of things I did, mostly time right so it was just like one of those days where I feel like he he was not testing me because he I feel like he knew I could take it especially getting ready for that year and playing in the big 12 we had a lot of other a lot of newcomers coming in so I kind of he kind of like wanted to see like where their head was going to be at and how he could test them it was like another test he did with me it was a practice where I couldn't pass the ball to nobody. I had to break a, I had to break a full court press and I couldn't pass the ball to nobody. It was just like one of those tests where it's like, and I'm like dying. Like I want to like cuss, put every word in the book. I want to like just go off, but he's like, 
every time I pass the ball, we'll have to stop practice. We all had to run. It was just like those types. Like it was just like he was getting me ready for what was coming, and I was the Big Twelve, and like you had to be ready because every night was a game you had to be prepared for because every night a team was coming to win. So it's just like different tests like that where I knew it got me ready for that year. Okay, and yeah, coming in, um, you know, you were actually the the Big Twelve all new. You made the all newcomer team. And so I just wanted to ask you, like, what was your first moment like during a game, I suppose, or maybe a venue that you played at? You were like, OK, I'm in the big time now. This is where it's real. Obviously, you have your you have your uh, your your arenas, obviously, Kansas, of course, and Kansas State. And I mean, you have your I mean, you play some big time games. So but my like wake up moment where. I was like, like, this is tough. We have my junior year, we played Texas away. I think we lost by like 30 or 40. That's when they had uh, Dexter Pittman. They had Damon James, Barbosa. They had a, they just had a, a, a solid team. They had Hamilton. And I think we lost like 30 or 40 at Texas. And I was just like, what the heck? <laughs> I was not ready for this. Like they were just faster, stronger. And another game was Colorado. Not because the team, just the you know, the air. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I'm just tugging on my shirt. Like after like a few minutes, like Coach Doc, come get me. Like <laughs> my lungs are about to collapse. Like, I don't know what's going on. But those are two, like, the eye-openers where I just had to adjust to a different type of atmosphere. If it was not the fans, it was just the, the air and, the, like, just just woke me up. Like, this is different. So, yeah, how was – I just want to ask you, um, I had played a basketball tournament, you know, in high school in the state of Kansas. And, you know, one of the rites of passage, I guess, you know, I'm, we're driving through Lawrence, and we just had to see fog out. We had to see it. You know, sometimes they'll let you in. Sometimes they won't, but they didn't this time. Um, just go into a little bit how, how playing at Fog oh. Allen was. It's, it, you know, it, it, it obviously it's just the history of Kansas basketball period. And it just all 15, whatever, 16,000 just standing on top of you. And I just couldn't stand that damn chant that – I forgot. I forgot how it goes. Wrong but, joke. Sorry, I'm giving you PTSD. No, <laughs> you just keep hearing it. You keep hearing it. You just keep doing it, and it's just like it's it's one of those places where you you got to take it all in because it is historic. It's just something that you all the great players that came through there, and you just and it's just one of those places that you're very grateful to play at because. You see it on TV. I saw it on TV growing up. I know all the players that went through there. And it's just like, it's an amazing atmosphere. And you just, you're just trying to compete with these all Americans. And you're just, it was, it was fun. Like I said, that year we, Sharon Collins, the Morris twins, like they had some great players and just to be on that level with them and play with them and compete. It was it was like a one of those dream come true places to play at. 
So coming from Pittsburgh, we mentioned this earlier that you uh, went to go play football at Cincinnati and then you came to Nebraska to play basketball. So two questions. Do you hate warm weather or uh, what, what was really the allure to come to Nebraska? So that's why like it was like a blessing to go down Florida after the Cincinnati. So it was just like perfect. Like obviously I, I knew of Nebraska, but not basketball. I knew obviously the football team. Obviously, Crouch, the, you know what I mean, just that. Oh. I just, I, yeah, I just knew about football. I knew about the option offense, and that's all I knew, though, about Nebraska. I didn't know. I'm thinking nothing but cornfields. I'm thinking country. I'm thinking, like, uh, I want to be a, another eye-opening. But I just came from, like, the countries, but it was a different type of country down Florida. So I'm like – I kind of know what it is. I mean, I live outside of Pittsburgh, so it's like it's not the city. So I'm kind of used. I'm kind of used to that slow pace type of atmosphere, but I could do both. So when I'm coming to Nebraska, and it was definitely an eye opener. What I what I expected. It's not what people expect. Even now, like people are like, what's in Nebraska? I'm like, you have no idea. Like it's different. Like in a good way. Like a really great way. Like it's just it's not what you expect. And like I said, to this day, like I said, I like I love Nebraska. I love just what it – I love the changes they made of it. And it's just – it's not all cornfields. Like, that's what I tell them. It's not just cornfields. Like, they have everything you need. And it's like it's, – it was a great experience being there. Yeah, well, you're not, the, you're not the only one that's ever told us that. So, right. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like – I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I'm just expecting it's nothing but cornfields. And I'm like, I was like, when I got there, I was like, yeah, I see cornfields, but it was just an eye opening. Like they, you, they have everything a big city has. And it's just, and it's just, this is a great feeling when you're the only sport. So like the University of Nebraska is, that's their professional team. So the love that you get there is just amazing. And they really care about you. So that was a great experience to have being there, knowing that you was the, one of the focus points of the, of the city. So you brought up a good point about Lincoln being, you know, that this is the only show in town. This is like a professional team. The University of Nebraska is, is our pro team. And after, after Nebraska, you went and played overseas and you've been playing professional basketball. Can you talk about your experience and kind of where you've been and, and, and what you've done uh, since your time in Lincoln? Yeah, like, so after, like, Lincoln, like, the Vanny Center, like, just being, playing there, it got me ready for any type of, just playing in the Big 12 general got me ready for any type of hostile crowd, large crowd, when you play in front of 14, 15,000. That got me ready. So when I I did my first year in Holland, play saw uh, their water, very small gym, like, <laughs> like just a, like just very small. So it was like I was very comfortable of playing there when you just came from playing from 15, 16,000 to Vanny. So it was like it it kind of got me ready, like made it more comfortable to play my my rookie year overseas. And then my second year, I was in a place and I was in Germany called Ohm, about 30, 40 minutes away from uh, Munich, Germany. So then that, like, where I played, like, in front of 10,000 people, 
like every night and then 20,000 when I was in uh, Berlin and stuff like that. And like that type of atmosphere, I was used to because coming from Nebraska and playing in the Big 12, you get that almost like every night you play. So that helped me out playing in Nebraska and playing in the Big 12, knowing that if I could play there and play in the Big 12 and the, hear all the harsh words that I was getting told when I was in the Big 12, I know <laughs> I know I could take a language I don't understand anyway or don't know, and they could just be me. <laughs> but it don't bother me because, at first, I don't know what you're saying. And second, I done heard worse playing in the Big 12, playing against <laughs> Playing against Baylor, I, I trust me. I heard a lot of words. Right, I heard I heard some words, so it was it made it more comfortable and easy. Okay, and um, you know you've yeah you've mentioned a few places like you were you played in the Netherlands, you played in Germany, Poland, uh, France, Lithuania, and whenever we hear about basketball players going overseas, it's almost like they're forgotten about, and it's like oh that guy played overseas, like you know he's not really doing anything, whatever maybe just give our listeners like the unique challenges that you had to go through and, you know, just stuff like that playing overseas. I mean, obviously when you're, you're a rookie, that's, that's probably the most challenging because you're just, you don't know nothing. Like you rely on, obviously rely on your other American teammates who hopefully you got a lot of veterans that's been there that can show you the ropes. And that's what I had. I had, I was lucky enough to play my first year in in the Netherlands where their second language is English. So, and that's like, it's like giving them, like they're very fluent in that. So it made things a lot easier knowing that they can understand what I was saying. But I still had a lot of bumps in the road, especially like my first time going to the grocery store. I don't know what things are saying. I don't know what it says, but I'm like, it looks like me. Like, oh, I think it. <laughs> so but uh obviously you start slow you get the normal stuff that you know you oh yeah that's bread i'm gonna get the bread of course i'm gonna get the, <laughs> yeah. the, that, that looks like jelly that looks like eggs so I'm, I'm gonna grab that but it helped out because they always like like i said holland is just one of those places i love holland like it's just one of those places where the people there wasn't really no angry person like in Holland like Holland is just a beautiful place beautiful people that it, it, it didn't feel like I was away like it didn't feel like I was gone like and that's and that's one of those places where you could get lucky as a uh, overseas when you find a place where you don't feel like you're a thousand miles away and that's how that was I mean obviously they had McDonald's they had the KFCs they had the Burger Kings they had the Domino's and then like, and that makes it that makes it a lot better knowing that they have those places and like you go like, oh yeah that, that, that's like home and like the people were so nice they treated me like family they made sure that I was taken care of my teammates my teammate uh, Mark Sanchez who Boise State who just made sure I was taken care of make sure I had everything I need and those are the type of things you need when you're a rookie because I mean it goes a long way and then those type of bonds you have forever and like he said he's in my wedding and it's like a bond of friendship or brotherhood that that's a lifetime now because what he did for me as a as a rookie and I couldn't I couldn't repay him for that and I appreciate it because it helped me adjust to things I didn't know and it got me ready for 
my second, third, fourth years where I could help rookies and help other people that was new to a culture. So when you play overseas, do you, how long do you, do you live overseas? Do you live overseas like full time? Is it just during the season? How does that work? I mean, I, I you're, you're our first player to ever play overseas. So I, yeah, I mean, you're nine months out of 12. So you're over there a the whole year, pretty much. Like, obviously, you, you'll you leave probably around July-ish, August, mid, mid-summer. And then you're, leave, you're coming season mostly, like, if you're deep in the playoffs, championships, you're coming home around June-ish, next summer. So you obviously you got your little breaks here and there. Christmas break, you'll probably get a chance to come home depending on the schedule, if you ain't doing other leagues and stuff. So you'll probably get home for like a week for Christmas or something. But all them times, you're you're over there for nine months out of the 12. So it's it's like you're in there. <laughs> you're in there. Like you're you're over there the whole year. So, so yeah. it, it, it can get tough, especially it was it was it was tough early because obviously I was a, I'm a big family guy, so I miss my family, obviously. But it was a lot easier because I didn't have that type of responsibility. I was fresh out of college and stuff, so I can move how I wanted to move and stuff. And then it gets super tough when you get that family, your wife and your kids, mm-hmm. and they're not – they can't be over there with you as much. I mean, obviously, my wife, she has a great job here back in America and then my kids, they had their school, where they, school here at Baton Academy where they had to go to. So it was tough that like late in my career because obviously I want to be around them. I want to be with them. So they, and plane tickets are very expensive. <laughs> it was <laughs> going for, like good that the amount we, I mean, I got three kids and my wife. So it was like plane tickets was like 1200. So you could do the math on, yeah. on each ticket. So I had, I made it like very specific. Like when I get in my contracts, I need certain amount of tickets, like for my family. I need like, so you got to do those stuff. You got to, you got to make sure you got the Wi-Fi. You got to have the Wi-Fi because without Wi-Fi, you're, yeah. it's, it's out of, you're done. Like you Absolutely. don't know how to, like Wi-Fi is, is more important than food overseas. <laughs> Cause you got, like, you got to have it. You got to have it to pay back home and stuff. And like, you got to make sure, I mean, if you could drive automatically, you drive manual. Me, I can't drive manual for nothing. I can't drive a stick. I will mess the transmission up. So in my contract, I got to say, I need automatic. I need a car that can go automatic. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> drive a stick, I'll, I'll destroy your car. So please have that in my contract. And the different <laughs> stuff like that. You got to make sure you're specific on stuff because if you don't, you'll be you'll be lost out there. So that's the type of stuff that I had to deal with, especially my rookie and sophomore year, my second year over there. I had to really, I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, so to like Mike and Jared's point, you know, you're talking about like all the challenges and things you kind of have to overcome and, and being like an overseas player again is kind of underrated. Like people just are like, okay, he's going overseas and then it's just kind of over. Um, but you hear how difficult that is. And then you start looking at like some of your accolades, right. Where you're the two time most valuable player, 2015, 2017, you're a playoffs MVP, two time champion, like two time Dutch cup champion, Dutch super cup champion. I mean, like the list goes on. Right. So I think it just says a lot about, you know, just how tough it was and then how like successful you were over there. Can you talk a little bit about like maybe some of these experiences, right? Like 
um, you know, being a, du- a Dutch Super Cup champion and things like that, like what that meant. Because in, to be truthful with you, my knowledge of playing overseas, you're telling me you're playing in front of 20,000 people in Berlin. Like I would have never thought that it was like that serious over there. Yeah, no, it's like, obviously you, we all know Europe is, is football, soccer. It's, that's, that's, that's their, that's their bread and butter over there. But basketball is second over there. It's, it depends depend on where you're at, it could be first. Like, and like I said, like, obviously, like you have, you competing with soccer and stuff, but they care about basketball just as much. So when you, uh, and it's important to, to win those things because also that's how you you get ready for next year how you can negotiate your contracts me i obviously i could have did multiple years but like when i signed contracts but i like to do year by year because always expected to have the year i expected to have so when it comes the time to negotiate those contracts obviously you want more money you want you want different stuff so you want a damn like, automatic right yes sir <laughs> i don't contract. get <laughs> i wouldn't get automatics if i don't win super cups and mvps no you don't, <laughs> if you, you don't win you don't, you get you get the manual you get to mess up our transmission <laughs> we're gonna take it out of your contract so but like so you get a little leeway when you get to win when you get to winning and stuff and it helps not just yourself but it just helps everybody everybody on the team when you win and i mean there's you know it's just not a lot of people are scoring 25 30 points over there it's not that type of basketball it's not the, it's not the u.s like where it's more open more freely like it's a really a team oriented type of atmosphere over there so your best player could be scoring 12 to 14 points and there could be four or five different players scoring around that average 10 11 12 points but they're not seeing that you're low average scoring they just they see you could play with other people you could play with that's a great team. And then once they see that, everybody gets better contracts, better, more money, more opportunities. Uh, and that's what I had. I learned that the hard, uh, not the hard way, but I learned that kind of like second, my third year where I kind of realized I don't have to score 20 points. I've never been that type of player anyway, even when I was in Nebraska, but I always like to share the ball and be a team player. So it kind of, it, it was easy adjusting to that for me. And I realized, and once my veteran people, players told me that, like, once, I mean, how to work, it kind of helped going down the line, winning and, and getting those better contracts going down the line, then into my late, my career. Okay. Which one of those do you think you're most proud of? Like, what title are you most proud of your time overseas? Ooh, they all, I don't know. They're all different. I mean, I have to say that it might be that 2016 one. We just won it. I think I came in late in the season. I was in Germany, and I left Germany and I came back to uh, I came back to Grown Again. That's the team where we won it at. And I came late in the second half of the season and we won it. And then that 2016 year, I signed back there, and we had everybody come back. We kind of knew. We was it was a favorite to win it, and we had a goal to win all three. It's like the first the Super Cup. That's the beginning of the year. That's the cup you play. You have the uh, Dutch Cup. That's like in the middle of the season, and then you have the championship. And our goal was to win all three, and we did that. We won all three. I got MVP that year. We 
I got when I was top three in scoring in another league in the Euro Cup. That's another league besides the Dutch league. So it was just like we really we sweeped up all the awards that year, not just me, but my teammates, the whole team. So that was like a special year, knowing because we we all came back. We all had one goal before we even signed back. We knew we wanted to win all three of those uh, championships. We wanted to go far in the Euro Cup, and we did all that. And I think that was a special year for me and my teammates that year. For sure. Okay, I hate to do this to you, uh, Lance. So you're talking about, you know, all the success that you had in Europe and your teams had. Let's come back to Nebraska basketball currently. So a complete 180 from what you were just describing in Europe. You know, and that's my attempt at humor, but um, <laughs> fail. <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, so one particular question I want to ask you, you know, in 2020, you know, it was the COVID year and, you know, Nebraska was hit with it. And one of the kind of narratives that came out um, was Nebraska had played, you know, like 12 games in 23 days. And, you know, Co- Coach Fred Hoiberg kind of used that as a, not an excuse. I, I don't want to say that, but it was just kind of like, it was always a caveat, right? It was always like, a, yeah, yeah, we were we weren't very good, but you know, we got we went through this thing, you know. Just as a player, like, is playing that many games in that many days is that like a really hard thing to do? Is that something that you would actually prefer to do? Like, just for myself, I wouldn't want to play games instead of like practicing because practicing practices sucked in my <laughs> like in my experience. So is playing games 20, what, 23 days, 12 games. Is that something you would have wanted to do? Obviously it depends on the situation for me. Like, obviously like you, you hit it right on the, on the nose there. Like nobody, like no player wants to like just practice. Like (laughs) you want to practice, but you want to show what you've been practicing on the game type of form. So me, I like, especially like I'd rather play. Cause it's like, like overseas, you will you will say you'll play you'll play on a Saturday. If you don't even know like no other league, say you lose that Saturday, you have to wait till next Saturday to play. So you have to have a whole week just to play, and you're already upset that you just lost this game, and you just want to get right back out there and like get that win, get that that get that loss off your back. So that's so me. I'd rather play knowing like just keep getting better, especially if, if you're winning, like you want to keep that train going. You want to keep it going. But if you lose and you got to practice like two to three days, it's the longest two to three days ever. Cause you're like, I just want to get back out there and, and, and get that, get that loss off your back. And so as when you're young like that, I know they probably just want to, they want to play. Like you just want to play. You want to play. And it probably feels long, especially if you're losing, like it just feels mm-hmm. like, when is this over with? Like, but me, I enjoy playing. Like I enjoy playing in front of the crowd, especially home. I was, I, I loved it. I loved to get the crowd into it. I loved the. I just like to have fun. Like I wanted to have fun. I wanted my teammates to have fun when we played. And there's no better feeling than that, especially like college basketball. I mean, college basketball is is is, is amazing. So yeah. I rather I rather play than I don't want to practice. I mean, I, you need practice, of course, to get better, fix the stuff that your mistakes and stuff. But so you want to get out there, like, and you want to show the improvement that you had during that practice. So this year, especially Nebraska has been plagued by a number of issues, um, not the least of which uh, has come under fire as coaching. 
Do you think Hoiberg is capable of adjusting his philosophy both on and off the court for the Big Ten? And if so, like what changes do you think might benefit the team as a whole for him to make to uh, really see success in the next year? Um, like I, I know Coach Fred. Obviously, I know I, I, I went against him when he was at Iowa State when Coach Doc. So, and obviously, Coach Doc know him very well. Also, I mean, I I feel like it's been tough the couple of years, but I feel like we're 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 getting the recruits. Like we're getting the best recruits we got in a long time. Like. What is that uh, the brother? Uh, is he Bryce? Yeah, Bryce yeah. McGowan's. Bryce and Trey, yeah. Yeah, he's the what the first five star we had in what? Was ever, he the ever, first? ever, literally ever, yeah. Ever, yeah. I mean, that speaks like volume. Like, right. we wasn't we wasn't getting no five star. I'm not a five. I wasn't a five star, obviously. And <laughs> what? Like, five star. I mean, if you could give yourself a star right now, yeah. what what would you be? <laughs> Oh, if we was playing right now, I'd definitely be – I'll be a four or five-star right now. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. eligibility left? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would love to play in the Big Ten. Like, it, it's like right up my eye. Like, that physicalness. Like, I'd have had a dream playing there. But um, I feel like Coach Fred, I feel like he's, he's doing what he's supposed to. I feel like, like, obviously COVID came and, like – the, the players they get to the, they get, they can leave early go to different transfer to different schools no penalties and so it's been it's it's tough like I feel like if this core that coach brought in this year if they can stay together for next year and like stay and bring in some new pieces I, I feel like you're looking at a tournament team next year I, I, they showed it late in the season this year what they're capable of doing mm-hmm. I mean you just need that one or two people like piece that leader like that leader that just gets them together and just like make sure you don't fade away from the, from the plans, from the, from what, what you want to accomplish. And I feel like Bryce can be that obviously he's the score and he's young, but I feel like he, if he stays, he can take on that role, him and his brother. And they can take on that role of being taking Nebraska where you wanted to go. And I, I believe in coach Fred, obviously I believe in coach doc, I know what he's capable of doing, especially on the defensive end. And you just I'm a I'm a firm believer. I just I don't stop believing. Like I don't I don't give up. I don't say if it's a couple bad seasons, I'm not the guy that'd be like, oh well, it's time to find a new coach or I'm trying to get some new players. I always try to stay in there as long as possible and just see it through and see the great, the the good in the before I see the bad. Yeah. So I'm just bringing the right pieces, the people that need to step up, step up as the leader and know that you get so much more accomplished if you if it's a, if you're just a team, like if you share the ball and just hold each other accountable. Like, and that's, I think my year, uh, we did that. Obviously I did that. I was the voice and we had players who, who wasn't the voice, but they showed it with their action and how they played. I know they got tired of hearing my voice because I was the one that would say something. <laughs> yell and use bad words. But also, I could, I'd be the one that can take it, too, if I was starting to slack off or play. And I could get it from Tony McRae or Caleb Walker or Drake. Like, these are the guys that hold me accountable. And I could also, you got when you're a leader, you gotta you got to take the criticism, too and not just dish it out. And if we get one of those, one or two players like that for next year to come off of the season, the late run that we had this year, you're looking at a tournament team. Like, I believe in Coach Fred. I, obviously, he 
he's a winner. He won. He know how to win. He did it in Iowa State. He was, I mean, he's an NBA coach. And those are the type of, when you got that type of resume, is you get players like Bryce. And I feel mm-hmm. like he's on the right path of recruitment-wise, of getting people in Nebraska. Obviously, our facility is second to none. Like, it's NBA-worthy. So Yeah, it's very nice. It's very, very nice. So you mentioned, like, if you can just get the core to come back, right, and and then kind of build around that. I think that has been the biggest, like, gripe since Fred has been here is you're just bringing in these one-year guys and then you have to restart all over again the next year. And then, you know, the record has played out the exact reason why people are, are like upset. You know, you can do that at Duke where you can bring, you've already had your core for 25 years uh, and, and, you know, you're bringing in five stars around that. But as far as like building a new team to carry success into the next year and the next year, especially in Nebraska, you have to have some sort of core and then build around that, which I I really, yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. Yeah. No, like I said, like you, we lost some, some, some good players. I mean, I was thinking, I'm thinking about what Allen, I don't know if it was one that went to New Mexico State. That's the one that was in Nebraska. Oh, Delano Banton. But yeah, like we lost some. Uh, what was the Allen, the Allen uh, brothers? It was the one. Is the one? Teddy Allen. The, oh, yeah, he would. Yeah, oh, Teddy they, Allen. Yeah, Teddy Allen. Like he was a great scorer for us, and like I don't know what his situation was, where he if he, he could have stayed with us, but like. Like those type of players that you you know that they're good, and if you could keep them, then you add the Bryce and the brothers, and you add like you have a core that can really do some make some noise. So, like I said, like you said, if you could just keep the core together of like the people who've been through the trenches of the Big Ten and know how it is, then you add those pieces, add new recruits in there, and you know this is the way we're gonna play. This is how we're gonna play. You can really make some noise. I feel like if they keep that court, there there are a tournament team next year. They are. They prove they can beat good teams this year. So Bryce McGowan's is the name you brought up. Obviously, yeah. he was the best player at Nebraska this year. Uh, yes. A lot of talk is that he'll probably be entering the NBA draft, maybe a one and done type player. I mean, when you're a five star, that's that's kind of what you want used- to do. But one. Do you think he should enter the draft or do you think he should stay? And then do you think he is the biggest Big Ten freshman of the year snub of all time? Because uh, he had eight Big Ten freshman of the year uh, players of the week uh, compared to the guy who won it with two and somehow did not get Big Ten freshman of the year. Yeah, he got robbed. He got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Quick answer. I, yeah, he got robbed. Like, I even, I mean, I, I follow, I follow. I follow us, of course, and I follow the Big Ten. So I really didn't know the Ohio State guy. So that, that kind of, like, solved it for me. Like, I didn't know who he was, so I'm like, I ain't right. know who he And I obviously, I follow us, but obviously you just see Bryce just what he's doing. So he got robbed. Like I said, for the uh, leaving one and done, if it makes sense, obviously you got to – you got to go what you get. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Gotta go, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it makes sense, like if you're, if they feel like you can't get no better and your stock is the highest it's going to get, if it's, I mean, if you're in second round, you might have to stay if you want to bump it up and get to that one, 
you know I mean, that first round status, top 15, top 25 status, you can, you can stay. But I mean, like I said, if, if there's obviously there's chance, there's always room to improve. And if you, they feel like you, you can improve, why not stay? Obviously, especially with the, with the way the rules changed in college now where you can make the money in college and oh, yeah. NBA, NBA don't is, I mean, if you can make the money in college and improve your stock and improve your status, why not stay? Like, I wish, <laughs> I was telling my wife, I <laughs> wish they had these type of rules when I played. Oh, my Lord. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You you got me kind of skeptical, a little worried. Like, what, what would you be doing for that NIL money? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't I mean, I think I, I I was raised right, so I think I wouldn't go. I wouldn't lose my mind trying to get the money. Like I wouldn't do stuff I wasn't like comfortable with, or I know that wasn't out of my character. But just how I how I was and how I, re, I reacted with the fans, and I would have been a pretty penny. I think you like, would have been good. Oh, yeah. You, you would have. Oh yeah, made some good money at Nebraska. I I, I, I took advantage because, like I said, like. Nebraska, they support you. They love you. The fan base loves you. So they want to see you do good. So like I said, if he if if, if it makes sense, you gotta go. We don't, I mean, we're Nebraska, we don't get too many five stars. So we shouldn't expect a five star to stay another year right. when when the I mean that's the story of a five star is I'm a, you're gonna rent me for one year, then I'm going where I'm supposed to go. You know, to that point, you know, you think of Bryce McGowan's and you know, I've been following it a little bit and I've been hearing, you know, second round, you know, definitely not a surefire first round guy. And so I'm thinking he's in a unique position at Nebraska where he he's the dude. Right. I mean, it's no secrets. Right. Uh, Derek Walker. I mean, I like Derek Walker, but he's not the dude. No. Yeah. Bryce McGowan's is the dude. So if he comes back, I mean, he can make some of that some of that bread, but well, in trade, off trade. draft stock, draft stock, if he can, Trey can come back another year. Can he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can so, play with his brother one more time. I, so I'm, if you, if you can talk him into staying, playing with his brother, making some money on NIL deals and most likely getting, you know, some really nice accolades to head into the, to the NBA, like he would definitely get the deals. You're, we all know, everybody knows that you're supposed to be the freshman of the year. We all know that. So we all know you will come in as one of the top players in the whole conference. So the deals will come. And if you get a guy like Bryce to come back, knowing that obviously he's second round, like you said, obviously to build your stock up, your draft stock up, and you obviously know these NBA teams are going to come to see him, see how he approves. That that right there is good for recruitment because you know these, these NBA execs are coming to see him why not? If I'm a senior, if I'm one of the top player in, in America coming in, why not use that? Use this knowing that they're gonna come see Bryce, and maybe if I play good, I will get on their radar. So if you get a guy like Bryce to come back, it it just it it could just it, it could get the team like like you said, get his brother to come back. Get it could it could do real good things for us. It's basically no block, no rocks plea to him to come back. Yeah, yeah this absolutely. is that's all yes. this is. Hey, Nebraska absolutely. boosters, if you want, if you want Bryce to come back, start throwing up some major nil money <laughs> his way. All right, <laughs> I got a GoFundMe started. <laughs> yeah. give a, give Bryce some deals so we could get him back, so we could get this tournament next year. 
Yeah, we get, need one game, one win. That's it. But then if Bryce come back, we could he could pull it off. We get multiple wins with him. All right, he's, all right. He's special. He's a, he's a special player. Well, speaking of tournament, you know it's fitting that we have you on because this week March Madness is starting up. So this is us asking you, you know, what teams are you looking for? Uh, I know the brackets just came out. So, I mean, personally, I haven't had a chance to look at, you know, yeah. potential upsets or whatever. But is there a certain team that you're looking at, a certain player, and maybe a 12-5 upset that you're looking at? What's up with you and March Madness? I don't really – obviously, I watch the games, but I don't – like, I don't do brackets and stuff. I don't do none of that. I, it's just it's, – it's not certain. It's like – it's not predictable. Like, so it's like, I, will, I won't touch a bracket. I won't fill out a bracket or nothing. But obviously, I look at those teams. Obviously, Gonzaga is a good team. I look at teams that have those sophomore, junior, senior teams. Like, I look at those teams that got the veterans. Because obviously, you know what the – they know what to expect. So I look at those, uh, like Gonzaga. I look at uh, the North Carolina team, like – like teams that got players. Obviously, I look at players also that's from around my way in Pittsburgh. So I got a guy, a good one of my little guys that that I grew up watching and stuff. So his name is uh, Nelly Cunningham. He plays for Colgate. Um, obviously, I want him to do good. I watched Puff Johnson from North Carolina. He's from Pittsburgh. I I want obviously I want to watch him and I want him to do good. So, but obviously, I look at um. I'm thinking Gonzaga. I don't know why. I just like their team. I feel like they have they have the bigs, obviously, for it. And I'm yeah. thinking I'm picking I'm picking this them. Is, is this Mark Few's year finally? Maybe. I'm picking. Can actually do it. I'm picking them. I don't know why. I just ah. I, like, I feel like they have everything. Obviously, you can't count out Duke or nothing. Kentucky, like you can't count them out. Those type of those teams, like obviously, they have the players to can go all the way so i mean oh, yeah. it's fun and i just i'm excited obviously because i always i love the upsets i love it because i don't i don't do brackets so i don't have no type of ties to nothing so yeah, when i when the, when the underdog beats the, the the giants i'm so happy i'm so happy like it's a great feeling it's, it's, it's always a great feeling especially for college basketball because you just don't know what to expect well, go ahead and tell us kind of what tell the listeners what you're doing now uh, nowadays. I know that you're the founder and CEO of Salute Hard Work. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Plug yourself uh, on your social medias. Where can they find you? Tell a little bit. Uh, tell everybody kind of what you're doing now. Uh, just now, like I said, Salute Hard Work clothing line. Uh, just all just right now. I'm I'm being a, I'm just I'm being a dad. Like I'm really just being a dad. I'm adjusting to, like I said, I'm in the process of going back to school at Nebraska to finish. I have like, I have 18 credits to go. So that's like my mindset to finish. But other than that, just be bad. Like they, my kids, my oldest 10, five, 10, six and two. So two of the boys and the youngest is the girl. So they're getting into their sports. They're starting to do their baseball, basketball, football. So I'm just, focus on them making sure they have all the resources they need and have everything i didn't have so that's right now what i'm focused on is there and their sports their activities in their school but uh you can follow me obviously i'm on all so- social platforms but i'm usually on my uh, facebook fan page uh 
Lance Jeter, of course. Uh, that's where I usually mostly on is the, the fan page. I'm also Twitter, Sweet G34. Instagram's the same thing, Sweet G34. But mostly on my Facebook, just regular Lance Jeter, the fan page. And that's where you can get me at. All right. And hit you, we will. And we'll continue to do so. Yeah. And just one more shout out for Lance. He, you are our first Nebraska basketball player on No Block, No Rock. We've had 40 plus players, and I'm so glad we were able to connect with you and finally break our streak of getting a basketball player on here. So I thank you so much. It. you having me. It was an honor. It was, it was great just to reminisce about the good old times. I would like to also give a shout out to my son, Little Lance. He turned six yesterday. So... Hey, hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, little Lance. Hey, little Lance. Yeah, little Lance turned six. So I just wanted to say happy birthday, son. I love you. And that was that's it. He right will on, definitely man. he'll definitely hear that and see that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he'll, he'll as long me. as he follows our Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll be rooting for you to uh finish up school because we believe me, all of us know how shitty that is. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna feel old when I do, but uh, I appreciate y'all. Thanks again for having me. It was a pleasure. It's always an honor to catch up. Thanks, Lance. And Thank uh, you. as always, GBR. Yeah, go big red, baby. Lance, the general Jeter, apparently the general. Yeah, that's based his, off his Insta. Yeah, his Insta says that's his nickname. That's what they call him, the general. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank him again for coming on the NBNR No Block No Rock podcast. Um, like Mike told him, the first basketball guest that we've had and uh we really appreciate um him taking the time out talking about his time in europe and that looks like meat so i guess i'll get it uh sure why not automatic versus manual vehicles yeah. like that. in the contract it's in the damn contract the what damn a negotiating point yeah. we talk about no free ads all the time on no block no rock i'm gonna start negotiating my fucking vehicle preference and the next time we get a sponsor <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, yeah, that was that was great. That might have to be a, a drop that we make. You know yeah, what I mean? So absolutely. And a and a shout out to little Lance. Little Lance. Six six year old birthday. Yeah. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, little birthday Lance. Man. So new intro, new beer, and Mike, I'll I'll let you just kind of take over from here, but new logo? Yes, we do have a sweet new logo. And I do want to talk a little bit about that. So MBNR Media is official. We uh, we have actually reached out to the great Cornholio uh, podcast. Uh, you find him on Inst or on Twitter. Uh, he writes great articles about Nebraska athletics, and he has actually came in under NBNR Media and is going to be writing for us. So that is awesome. Uh, big shout out to him. Go give him a follow on Twitter and start reading his stuff. And we're going to be sharing his stuff a lot on social media, and uh, we're really excited for that partnership. We have a new logo for the MBNR podcast. We have new logo for MBNR Media. There's a lot of cool things going on. And like I've said numerous times, none of this is possible without you guys. We just appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you go and hit that follow button. Hit the download button to help us out. Follow us on all of our socials at MBNR Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go check out our website, mbnrpodcast.com. Yeah, I, I think I did the whole spiel. I mean... Yeah, I mean, with all that new stuff, we saw the same website. Hopefully, we'll get some new merch with that new logo on Fresh it, so. merch is coming out, and we're going to be on the Etsy. All of our merch Your will be Etsy? on Etsy. We oh, have an cool. Etsy store. So, perfect place for my great. handbags. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Please, someone buy a handbag. Please. Yeah, so the handbags are still there. No, the handbags are actually going to be discontinued with the old logo. So bullshit. <laughs> No, yeah, that's great. The that's Kenny great. Bell block will be on with the new and be in our logo. <laughs> okay. So that will not go away. But no, yeah, we have a sweet new logo. It, it's really going to help our brand out. And the thing that will help our brand out the most is if you guys go out there, buy some merch for us, support the guys, support the, the guests we bring on. And, you know, I mean, that's that's the whole point of this is just to take care of them. And, uh, you know, we can keep giving you guys great content. So absolutely. Mike, I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's sign off, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. And Connor Cadillac. And as always, GBR. <laughs>